Welcome to the Treble Podcast. I'm your host, David Gertler. Treble is a business networking platform that helps professionals manage, grow, and most importantly, leverage their network for new business and career opportunities. Our podcast highlights business professionals and their stories. Join us to hear how some amazing people navigated or created their own career path and share business insights with us. Hey, VJ, thanks so much for making time today. Thank you. Uh, I'm really happy to be here, David. Thanks. Hey, so I want to understand a little bit about your journey, your career path, and I thought I'd start by asking you about what you currently do. So my understanding is that you're the managing director of MindGrub Ventures. What's that mean? Well, um, it's a it's a very interesting job. Ultimately, what my job is is to evaluate the companies that MindGrub works with and determine if any of them are outliers uh, in terms of their uh, success opportunity. And uh, if we believe that they have a, a big opportunity for success, uh, MindGrub likes to, uh, instead of hitting them up for cash for services, exchange equity uh, in the company and uh, perform the same services and help them get to that next big valuation uh, target. So, how so do my do, job is to find those. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you do that? What, what's your approach to like finding that next big thing, right? Um, what's very interesting is my career actually uh, helped make me prepared for something like this. I um, started in the video game industry and I was a video game designer for 30 years and uh, had a number of uh, very, very big hits. And mm-hmm. what you're doing in the games industry is constantly evaluating what is gonna be the next big thing? How are you gonna you know, either be successful from a technological standpoint or from a creative standpoint? And then how do you uh, create that opportunity in a way that not only has uh, innovation in it, but also has a protectable moat uh, because as everyone knows, technology constantly progresses and you are uh, always behind the eight ball in you know, basically being eclipsed by the next big shiny thing. So you have to try and do your best to evaluate things. And we came up with ways to look at uh, software projects and determine their intrinsic value. Uh, and, and a lot of that had to do with a lot of things you would think uh, VCs look at, which is uh, the strength of the team, the strength of the idea, the defendability of it in the marketplace, the you know viability over time, things like that. So that's what I do. I just have adapted it from looking at games to looking at uh, SaaS companies and other stuff like that. Right. So venture capital is a big game to you. It is. <laughs> it is. It's about balancing numbers. Yeah. So, uh, so you were a developer. What'd you study in college? Um, I was a business. Um, I had a uh, undergrad in um, business computer science. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I had four minors. I had one in um, physics one in sociology, one in psychology, and uh, one in, um, uh, I don't remember. I was, I was really all over the map when it came to like things like, oh, writing, uh, creative writing. Wow. So, so it's a, an eclectic mix. Uh, did, did you know in college era what you wanted to do or just like you were fascinated? You know, what, what made you pursue those interests? I actually, um, I actually got accepted to med school and was on my way to do that. And that summer... I got as a summer job an opportunity to work at a company called Bethesda Softworks. There's only six of us when we started. 
as you know, Bethesda recently sold for $9 billion uh, to Microsoft. Um, so we started that uh, company and built a bunch of uh, projects. I was the lead designer on a, on a franchise call that I created called The Elder Scrolls, which now is doing uh, Skyrim, I think, or, or uh, they're in the next one that's coming up now. They're on the seventh or eighth one. I worked on the first two. Um, and I, you know, I really sort of enjoyed that uh, opportunity uh, as a young 21-year-old, you know, right. out of college trying to do something. And, and I kept uh, deferring my show-up day for med school. I deferred by a semester, then by another semester. And finally, I was like, I'm not going to med school. <laughs> I just, you know, I didn't go. I just stayed in a... In the, so no, I didn't know what I was going to do. I clearly didn't... Uh, I graduated and didn't follow the path that I had been on, so... Had you end up, I mean, you got into med school and you got this job offer and you just said, ah, what was that decision like? Um, I assumed uh, correctly that once you're in med school, they want your tuition. Like they really want your money. <laughs> so they, uh, they don't, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars ultimately, right? That they are going to get. So they uh, are more than happy once you've gotten in to bend over backwards to help you come so when i called them the first time said hey i have some things i want to take care of can i defer and show up in the spring they're like sure no problem they didn't even it wasn't even a 10 minute conversation you know it was very easy to do second time it was a little more tough but like uh you know after, after that i didn't call them they didn't call me and i didn't have to go back right wow. <laughs> the problem i had is i had to tell my dad who's a doctor and i was waiting but i waited until my until my sister got accepted then i'd be told him together so my dad could just shift his uh his hopes and dreams onto my little sister. Oh, that's, that's very funny. Um, but apparently you, you became enamored with the software development world. You just loved that more than the, the lore of medicine. I loved, uh, I had a, a very like sort of even mix between I love science and I love creativity and uh, games gave me both. Mm -hmm. I literally had to learn something new every time. If we were going to do a racing game, I had to learn uh, frictional coefficients on racetracks based on the heat of the rubber and the gravel that they used. If I were doing a NASA launch, uh, you know, simulation, I'd understand about vectors and thrust mechanics and things like that. It's like you had to basically bone up on whatever the thing you were going to build was mm -hmm. and really learn about it. And I found that to be uh, really good for me because I was constantly interested in many different things. Mm -hmm. And so that helped me uh, sort of spread my wings a little bit. So you're a game developer, having a lot of fun. Um, when did you change? Um, I actually, you know, uh, so I went through 30, 35 years of games, development, 32 years of games development, uh, did 85 titles, generated uh, 2 billion plus in revenue. And in my 40s, I quit. I just retired. I sort of hanging out and I uh, decided I was going to take the money that I earned and um, I was going to invest it into uh, startups, mm -hmm. uh, particularly into educational startups. And uh, so I was part of uh, three educational startups that uh, all, you know, have done reasonably well. They uh, are, you know, very exciting to me as a space. And I probably did that because I had some guilt uh, in terms of like how many kids I'd probably taken out of school with my games. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to like give back a little bit and help teach kids. Right. But the, the side of uh, property of doing that was that um, I ended up um, learning a lot about how investors decide 
the value of a company and what they decide and why they decide to invest in, in you. Mm-hmm. And so I was on one side of the table for a, a while raising money, mm-hmm. um, managed to raise, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20 million and, you know, in, in that, in that uh, time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one case though, I, the first uh, million that I raised, I raised it in $25,000 chunks. So it was mm-hmm. just a huge amount of like being in front of investors and pitching constantly. Right. you know, to, to try and, uh, and cutting your teeth on like, just getting that right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I really, I really enjoyed what I learned from that. And I found um, entrepreneurial sort of like thinking to be a lot like games development. I had to learn something every day about what uh, I was about to do and really sort of understand the, the push and pull of everyone's motivations on what they wanted and then be able to um, adequately um, you know, articulate the value proposition, you know, in a way that made sense. Um, you know, and, and what helped me through that was, you know, coming up in the games business, you know, I was lucky enough to, you know, sort of have a, a big opportunity at Universal Studios where I had the opportunity to really sort of, um, learn how a large company manages risk and manages, you know, revenue and profits and what they, what they think about uh, when they're going through. Mm-hmm. And um, then from there, I got a chance to work at National Geographic where I got to see the other side of the coin where how does a company that is a nonprofit or a, a NGO work, right? And they, they have a different sort of motivational factor that they measure for success. Uh, and then, you know, finally got a chance to wrap all that up in, in these startups and uh, really had a great time doing that. And, um, you know, I, I think... Um, that's what ultimately led me to MindGrow. And, uh, you know, that's a, it was a great meeting and, and I'm really happy that I ended up there. It's been a really fun, um, really fun ride so far. Right. So t- talk to me through a little bit of the transition, what's going through your mind in terms of changing your career, right? So you had the software developer and then you were helping to raise money for various projects. But then along the lines, um, and then later on, you decide, hey, I want to help companies raise money, right? So that's a totally different mindset. Tell me what changed for you that took you in that different path. Um, as a entrepreneur, um, we would work, well, okay, I should back up. As a, a games developer, as you come up in the ranks, at first you're doing everything, right? Then you, like most things, you start to be in charge of other people doing things. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you, uh, you know, you may outsource it to uh, smaller studios that uh, can do the work. Mm-hmm. And we found our, I found myself uh, being a mentor and a coach for a lot of these younger studios that were, where my studio was before we grew up sort of. And so we would coach these artists and designers and programmers how to, you know, how to sort of make good on what they were doing every day. And um, from there, uh, as an entrepreneur, I was doing the same thing. You're constantly sort of coaching people on like how to, you know, succeed. And, you know, even yourself. And um, when I got the opportunity to see how uh, it was to invest in companies, uh, it was sort of the real, like uh, the first time that you truly were in the position of, uh, mentoring your investment to success. I mean, you were motivated to have them successful and you were trying your best to uh, help them have as much perspective as they could on, on whatever problems they were facing. Mm-hmm. 
And so I don't think my job has changed that much. Only the medium, like the, you know, the, the medium in which I work has changed, but my actual job has been pretty consistent for 40 years or 30 wow. years. Yeah. Um, if you looking back and Steve Jobs had a great comment that, you know, life really makes more sense when you look backward than, than forward. Right. Um, when you look back on your career, uh, is there a theme that you can identify through all those different jobs and all that different work and all the different accomplishments? Is there a single theme that emerges to you for, you know, if you were to encapsulate your career in a thought or two? I have, I have two actually. Um, one, uh, both lessons learned and, uh, you know, one favorable and one unfavorable in terms of like lessons the hard way. The um, hard lesson I learned was uh, don't chase money. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, do what you love, right? I, I uh, made the mistake very early in my career a couple of times of taking the job that had the highest, you know, pay uh, and not necessarily the job that had the most, um, you know, opportunity or the most opportunity to stretch. And uh, I was miserable in those situations. It, it really wasn't like what I thought it would be. And the money didn't make up for it. You know, it, it, I thought it would and it didn't, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, that was a, an important lesson to learn and the uh the good lesson i learned is take risks you know especially when you're young you have so many opportunities to like fail and start over and not have a uh, any blemish on your record like you just you know it's just so easy to try everything and to see what you know you're doing i uh luckily uh, my my father taught me this when i was very young uh you know and i was a trained martial artist i trained for now 40 years of martial arts training and, and taking risks is how you, how you win. Um, you know, you uh, will uh, never be, I think uh, Achilles in that movie said it best. And the kid goes, you're going to fight Bulgarius, the largest guy I've ever seen. I, I would never want to fight him. And Achilles says, that's why you'll never be remembered. Mm. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> you know? Awesome. That's awesome. Hey, VJ, thanks so much. This has been so great. I really appreciate it. Especially that wrap up was just perfect. You know, uh, I look at your career and again, I, I don't want to say mid career or early career or late career, but I look at your career to date and uh, just really tremendous. And hopefully, you know, the, the people that are watching will get some wonderful insights. So thank you so much on behalf of everybody. David, I really appreciate you taking the time and even thinking of me. So uh, anytime I can help, let me know. And I'm really uh, excited about this. So hopefully good luck. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Treble Podcast. If you're inspired by this story, want to network more effectively, and unlock new business and career opportunities, download Treble from the App Store today. You'll need to search for Treble Network, all one word. We're offering an exclusive deal for our podcast listeners to get a free premium membership with the promo code TREBLEPOD. Again, use the code TREBLEPOD to get a free premium membership on Treble today.